Hi, I'm Danielle Fischel from Pod Meets World. Are you a small business owner or even someone who dreams of entrepreneurship? Then check out season two of Mind the Business, small business success stories from iHeart Podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. Join hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres as they interview entrepreneurs sharing insights around starting and nurturing a small business. You won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. Check out season two of Mind the Business, small business success stories from iHeart Podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. One of my goals for this year is putting together some amazing travel experiences for my friends and family. And I'm here to tell you all about Get Your Guide, a foolproof way to guarantee these amazing memories on a trip you will never forget. You can choose from over 100,000 travel experiences in the United States and around the world, all locally vetted and expertly curated. From the obvious tourist must-sees to under-the-radar gems you could only hear about from a local, there is something for everyone. It's time to let Get Your Guide do the work so you can just sit back, relax, and have a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Want to take a New York City deli tour? How about a pasta-making class in Rome? A before-hours tour of the Vatican? Or a jazz music discovery tour in New Orleans? These are just a few of the things completely possible with Get Your Guide. No matter where your travels take you, Get Your Guide offers the best way to connect with your destination with the expert help that makes it that much easier. You deserve it. Don't wait any longer. Take my advice and give yourself the gift of an unforgettable travel experience at GetYourGuide.com. Safe travels. Hi, it's Danielle Fischel. Ryder Strong. And Will Friedle for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst-quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon. It's organic, non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. I can tell you firsthand, I quickly became obsessed with the pink apple. It really felt like I was drinking a soda, but healthy. Low calories with an impressive taste, which as you probably know, is not easy to find. It's been a great way to start my day, that's for sure. Look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Hey everyone, before we jump into today's episode, we wanted to send you guys a message because I'm sure you have heard a little bit about what's going on in Hollywood these days. As you may have heard, the WGA has been on strike for a while, and recently SAG-AFTRA joined in with the fight. Writer Will and myself have all been a member of SAG-AFTRA for 30 plus years, and uh, we fully support this strike. Um, When the strike was announced, a lot of questions were opened up. Is doing Pod Meets World going against the strike? Is doing Pod Meets World, the live tour, going against the strike? And there were a lot of tweets spelling out what you can do and cannot do. There was the SAG After website that that tried to be as clear as possible. But we did not want to do anything that could have possibly gone against the strike. So we reached out individually to our SAG representatives and asked them directly, is Pod Meets World allowed? Is the Pod Meets World live tour allowed? And we have been given the green light by our SAG representatives. So with that, we feel comfortable continuing to do Pod Meets World and going on tour with Pod Meets World Live. So continue to enjoy our episodes and we will see you on the road. Yes, Thank you for listening. We would like to thank listener Jason P., who was kind enough to point out something currently living on the internet that I figured was a perfect look into the heart and soul of one of us hosts. 
Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when it comes to our likes and dislikes. And I won't make us wait any longer. Ryder, do you enjoy using the Letterboxd app? Oh, I'm obsessed. Do you? Okay, Jensen is too. I don't I even know what this is. What is? Can somebody explain to me what Letterboxd is? Okay, Ryder is? will explain Letterboxd it to you. Is, okay, so Letterboxd is essentially a movie social media app, a movie watching social media app, but it's become like the central da- database for any movie lover. You can look any, you can look up any movie and ever made like short films, obscure, you know, silent films, whatever it's compiled, all of them. And it's like the best interface. And what you can do is uh, keep track of the movies you're watching, the movies you want to watch. You can create lists of whatever you want. People leave reviews. It's basically like the entire, like, film community geeks out together. I was going to say, it's, it's nerd, it's nerd but, stuff for the film Here's community. what I love it for. I mean, I, I'm not like, I'm not p- posting reviews. Like I've thought about it and I, I definitely publicly post my, um, like my stars, right, like I rate movies. Yeah. So I go back and, but you know, like I've rated, I don't know, like 600, 800 movies. There are people who've rated like 4,000 films. You know, it's like right. the, there are people that I follow who are professional film critics or filmmakers that just the, um, the sheer amount of like film knowledge, it's insane. Uh, and then everybody can put their top four, which is a great sort of like way to know like if you agree with somebody's taste or not, is you get to see their top four just underneath their yeah. really what I wish because now this has become my go-to app to like share movies with people um, you know, like I have friends who are like, what should I watch? Or, you know, what should I watch with my kid? Or, and so I can just send them a list that I've curated, mm. but mostly it's be, to be able to search my own memory because I forget crap, you know, right, I forget right. what I've seen. And so this way there's like a place I can go when somebody's like, I really like this movie. Do you have any ideas? Or just in a conversation, something comes up. I can look back on all the movies I've watched in that vein. Um, and I really wish this existed for books because yeah. The, I, I can't do the same thing with books. Goodreads is just not that great of an app. Well, as I said, one of our listeners was kind enough to point out that your letterboxed profile and reviews are viewable by the public. And uh-huh. as he said, I <laughs> quote, this is a small glimpse into the most harsh critic of Boy Meets World and himself. And he has some absolutely wild beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> But just oh, on star yes. ratings, I don't actually post anything. Yeah, you That's haven't actually fun. posted reviews, oh, which I no. wish you did for some of them. So are you ready to defend some of your takes? Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so I, I want to start with some of your highest rated films for context and to prove okay. that you aren't just a hater. Okay? Okay. The Departed. Can we guess some? Oh, okay, I was going to say, all right, I was wondering if, he, if he's done. Yeah, I Edge of that. Tomorrow, five stars. Great movie. Coco, five stars. Great mm-hmm. movie. Training Day, five stars. Uncut Gems, five stars. There Will Be Blood, five stars. Also, Jensen and I were thrilled to see one of your hot takes is something we agree with. Downsizing, four and a half stars. Love that oh, movie. It was a terrible I movie. Love that oh, movie. Yeah. No, Miss Jem, I've been, I've been, I've been wanting to revisit it. I have a Ugh. lot of opinions about that film. Yeah, People I hate it, but movie. we loved terrible it. Terrible film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, no, I think it is. I mean, I'm a huge Alexander Payne like fanatic, and the, I when that movie came out, I went to like an early screening, um, and I kind of knew I was like, oh, there's something. Well, I I don't know if we want to get into it, but yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> okay, Sorry. we can discuss that later. Yeah. But I I want to now movie. onto the bottom of your barrel, and I I have to admit some of these are just shocking, but I oh, no. <laughs> I know you will be excited to defend them. So maybe Top Gun Maverick one and a half stars. Wrong. Yeah, it's just not for me. <laughs> 
No, right, I mean, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It, but you just didn't like it. It doesn't mean it was a bad movie because it was a great movie. Well, I mean, for, in terms of I mean, filmmaking, it, sure. Yeah, yeah, and acting and story. I mean, everything about it was good. You just didn't like it. Um. I guess it depends on what you mean by everything about it being good. Like I look at at a movie like that as as fan service, right? Like I look at a movie like that and I feel like, okay, so uh, Christopher McQuarrie, who's a great screenwriter, wrote Mm -hmm. a Top Gun fan service movie. Like that's not Mm -hmm. interesting to me. Like that is, you execute that film. I'll tell you this, we went to the... Like it's, it's, it's incredibly well-made, but like, I feel the same way about most superhero movies. That's why I give them one star or half a star Right, is because I'm like, what I'm for me, my, like I evaluate films for how far they're pushing a cultural conversation. And I feel like a movie like that's that it? is that's just your only category is no, just how no, far they're pushing it's a cultural a big, cat- big one. It's a big part of it. Like I like originality, right? Like I like something that is uh, like my, the ideal movie going experience for me is I know nothing about mm-hmm. it. I sit down and mm-hmm. I'm told I'm taken on a journey that takes me somewhere I've never been before. And then okay. when I come back, I run and go back there and watch it again or think about it or, and, you know, it infects my life in some way. Okay. And so that's why I revise stuff because it's like, I'll give something a lower rating, but then I'll be like three days later. I'm still thinking about it. So I bump it up. So where fact. do you, where would like, you Top put Gun, Like I will never think about Top Gun. Like when I walked into Top Gun, I was one person. When I walked out, I'm the same person. <laughs> right, like, my right. thoughts on the world never change. <laughs> if you're talking There's about no the world, me, but wait a like, second. if I, if I, if you said to me, I really love Top Gun Maverick, I don't say that tells me something about Will's view of the world. No, no because, of course not. No, but, it means nothing. It's popcorn. It's fun. Fine. It's fun. Where does, where does, where, where would it then fall in the review of the movie that it was the movie that single-handedly got people back into the theater that's like fine. it's right but yeah. th- would that add to the experience at all like the because you're talking about sure, how it pushes it the culture forward star. <laughs> so otherwise it would just be one no, sure. you are that a extra- tough critic a harsh tough okay, critic i don't i don't we do not need to deep dive on all of these i just i'm gonna oh, go gonna through tough. a few of them okay <laughs> Almost Famous, two and a half stars. I agree with you on that movie. I think that movie was kind of poopy. I'm uh, anti-Almost Famous. I really like that Ace Ventura, one and a half stars. The Mask, a .5 star. John Wick, .5 star, which is the same you rated Sharknado. You also Mm -hmm. gave half a star to Heat. (laughs) Oh my (laughs) God. I love. I'm the the big anti-Heat guy. I have lots of opinions about that. You're also anti-Scarface. You gave one star. Mm -hmm. Big one star. What? No, no, no. That's wrong. Big? It says big. That's one cool. star. No, no. But big should be five stars. I love big. I just rewatched it with Indy. That's a mistake. That's a mistake. Okay. That's a huge mistake. No, big okay. is, is okay. way up there. Oh, phew, Why didn't you like John Wick? I'm just curious. I never finished it. If I gave it half a star, it means I usually didn't finish the movie. I okay. think the first 20 minutes of John Wick are amazing. And then when I was like, oh, oh, he's, we're just, the, the fun of this movie is just a ballet of violence we're, we're just watching right. him shoot people in the head i don't care so I, yeah I, I it's, a, it's, it. it's john woo it's bringing exactly. back the, the, the asian film did you style. like do you like john woo stuff and all the, no. the kind of old school oh okay i don't think i've ever seen that much no i don't like just like fun killing movies like okay. i like, well, like fair kill, enough. Bill. kill bill one is like the most boring thing in the world to me kill bill two finally has some story but like i know that i'm on the outside of most people on that like i just don't love like like I said, no, that's fair enough. That's like the genre. Yeah. I completely yeah. tap out. I'm yeah. just Why like, did you give Ratatouille enough. one star? That's a good Great question. Movie. I need Heard to rewatch feelings. it. I'm not a fan. I think it is one of the most awkward, like 
they, like, you know, there's always uh, with world building and especially with Pixar world building, there's like, there's a buy-in factor, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I think with Ratatouille, there was a fundamental buy-in problem with him puppeteering a chef with his right, hair. through his like, hat. Yeah, it yeah. never worked for me. Like, I just could never buy in. And I know that they had lots of problems with that script and with that director. Like they, and, and it feels, it feels like a cheat to me. Now, the moment the chef has the flashback to his childhood where he tastes ratatouille is such a phenomenal cinematic moment. Yeah. I just think it would have been an awesome 20 minute short film. Like it would have mm. been just a great 20 minute short film. Uh, Patton Oswald, I love. So I love his voice. So there's lots to be loved, but I need to revisit it because it's the one Pixar. I haven't watched with Indy. Like we've watched okay. all of them otherwise. And I l- usually love them, but Ratatouille is not, not up there. Did you like up? Yeah, I did like up, Me um, too. but I also don't love, I love iron giant, but I don't love uh, it's Brad bird as the director. I don't love his characterization. Like his animated characters are a little too extreme from just my taste, like aesthetically. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't like the way people look in Ratatouille. There's something off about it for me. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I just, Ryder, would you like to let anyone know where they can find you on Letterboxd? I think I'm just Ryder Strong. Ryder right? Strong. And it's right. it's public. So No, I, I recently was connected with one of my like film nerd friends, and she was so nice in her stars. I was like, because you, you can see where somebody puts their average, you know, like uh-huh. and like every Four movie stars. she gives three stars. <laughs> and I am like just extreme. Like I if I like it, I go five. If I don't, boom, half a star, one star. <laughs> right. So yeah. Okay, but well, I, I think that that's fun because the point is to to spark debate and conversation. Yeah. Right. I can't wait to have lunch with you again because our entire lunch is going to be talking about heat. So well, I want to know why you're will. so anti. I'll tell you what I've been doing. The secret project that I've been doing for years now. I have this weird habit of writing poems based on movies. Mm. Um, based on either they're like biographical, but they're like super formal. Like I'll write like sonnets or villanelles. Like I give myself this challenge of like, all right, let's take a movie that I love. And I don't know why this is happening. So maybe someday I'll start posting those as my reviews on Letterboxd That's for different films. That's a great films. Okay. idea. Yeah. And also, Will, I encourage you to start a Letterboxd because yes. I think between you and Ryder and the way you guys feel feel about movies, this would just, one, we have endless pre-show chatter, and two, I would love to sit down at the table and hear your different <laughs> takes on these things. So... Anyway, thank you, Ryder, for letting us yeah. bring some of those up and defending some of your hot takes. And and uh, I want to talk more about downsizing when we're not on the air. Oh, so, welcome to Pod Meets World. I'm Danielle Fischel. I'm Ryder Strong. And I'm Will Friedle. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? Yes. This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated 
we're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There is one film we do all agree on, and that's the 1994 ABC movie Summertime Switch, something we recently recapped right before we started season three, starring our harsh critic over here, Ryder Strong, and our guest this week, Jason Weaver. We couldn't help but notice Jason was leaps and bounds above everyone else in the movie. Sorry, Ryder. Obviously encouraged to improv, sing, dance, play basketball, and act circles around his peers. And for good reason. Best known as Marcus Henderson on the WB sitcom Smart Guy, a teenage Michael Jackson on the 1992 Jackson miniseries, and the singing voice of young Simba in Disney's Lion King. Talk about a movie. Uh, Right? It's some of his later work I want to now rattle off. A star of Drumline with Nick Cannon, he appeared in the Coen Brothers comedy Lady Killers, the 2006 film ATL alongside rappers T.I. and Big Boy, and most impressively, singing the hook on One Call Away, a top five chingy hit single in the United States. And today, we are going to focus on his true moment of artistry, the Citizen Kane of identity mix-up movies that involve Bull from Night Court. Summertime switch. It's time for the reunion you've been waiting for. Right or strong, may I welcome your camp buddy and fellow Freddie Egan, Jason Weaver, to Pod Meets World. How's it going, man? Man, terrific. How are you doing, man? How are you guys doing? We're great. Is this the first time you guys have seen each other since Summertime Switch? Since yeah, summertime switch. Yeah, wow. it's, it's been that long since that that hot summer in Jacksonville. It was so hot. <laughs> it was so hot. It was intense. intense. Yeah, well, you didn't have to dig ditches in the heat. I was actually. We were at like some Boy Scout camp. I forget where we were. You were at the like luxury side. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Was- I, I had all the luxury. You were you were dealing with all the crap. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Jason, how how hounded were you on social media by Pod Meets World listeners the day the Summertime Switch podcast was released? Yo, it was crazy because, um, you know, because we're all like shut down. Everybody's, you know, down for the strike or whatever. So you just have all this kind of idle time, you know, and things that other things that we're doing and developing and what you guys have at the podcast. 
So I'm just sitting, you know, just working on some other projects. And all of a sudden, I just see all these notifications <laughs> and tags coming through. So I'm like, oh, my God, what did I do? What did I say? Oh, no. What's happening? I was like, oh, no, something's happening. And then when I looked, I was pleasantly surprised to see, uh, you know, all the fans of you guys' podcast just, you know, tagging me and let me let me know that you all were, um, you know, covering Summertime Switch and, you know, I'm, I'm just glad that uh that we got an opportunity to do this. I will say though that you guys' fans are relentless, man. Like they are no <laughs> joke. Well, they, let me tell you like, something. Whenever we mention someone on the podcast, or we do a we do a, an episode that involves a guest actor or something from Boy Meets World, a few people will tag them. I've never seen a fan reaction the quite like the reaction to you. You are really? so loved. Mm-hmm. You have uh, so many fans. I mean. Hundreds of people. Jason Weaver, Jason Weaver, Jason Weaver. We're like, okay, okay, okay. We promise we will, we will. <laughs> yeah, no, and yeah. I and I appreciate it, guys. Sorry about that. Like, yeah, my uh <laughs> you know the, the 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 people that have followed my career uh throughout the years, and you guys know this, you all experience this as well. I mean, there's such a strong connection uh with with those people because in our own little way we've kind of all grown up together, although we don't yep. you know really know each other personally, but there's a there's just this connection there. And so when, um, you know, when they see uh, one of their favorite personalities or celebrities or childhood celebrities that they, that they love growing up and there's this uh, opportunity to build a reconnection or establish a reconnection, if you will, and just have a a moment where we look back in retrospect and just, you know, show appreciation and gratitude just for how, how we all have been blessed um, and been able to connect with so many people and touch so many people's lives. Uh, Man, you just got to jump at that opportunity. So, you know, my, my, my fans, I will say we're pretty aggressive, but <laughs> I thank you for great. doing that because it's a uh, it's great being here. Yeah, guys, for real. we're so happy you're here. Jason, what did what do you remember specifically about filming Summertime Switch? I mean, you mentioned hot Jacksonville. What is your overall yeah. memory of the movie? I I really just remember um, I remember having a lot of fun. It was kind of just like it. it it felt like taking a summer break, mm. but yet you were working. Right. Um, and uh, just having that experience of working with so many talented uh, child actors at that time. I mean, and you know, when I, when I say talented, um, that's kind of an understatement. You know, a, a lot of those, uh, a lot of the kids that were on that show were seasoned actors by that time. They've been in, yeah. you know, a few films and, um, you know, just really understood uh, how to conduct themselves professionally on set, how to, you know, how to show up being prepared, you know, it was really one of those kind of all-star summer camp kind of things for <laughs> gifted kids, if you will, in the art. Yeah, <laughs> so, totally. so, that, so to be able to, you know, share that moment uh, with everybody, although we were most of the time in 100 degree plus heat, um, you know, although those were kind of circumstances, I think we were all just, you know, we had that youthful adrenaline. Um, you know, I think we all recognize that this was a, a unique moment in all of our lives you know i think as kids all of us when we're in that moment at that time you know we're just kind of we're kind of there i don't i don't think we have any kind of preconceived idea as to where we're going to go next and we have some kind of strategy as to where we're going to take our careers moving forward we're kind of just in that moment and processing everything and having fun at the same time so you know that was my that was my experience as well you know with summertime switch it was you know, me and Ryder, um, although we really didn't get a chance to work on a lot of scenes together. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cause we were shooting in, you know, two separate, you know, different, uh, kind of scenarios, if you will. Yeah. 
but the moments that we did have that, you know, allowed us to come together and, and work together and, and, uh, and hang out. It was, it was great. One of the more rewarding uh, experiences when I look back, you know, of my career, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. I did not know that film was going to become as popular, become like a childhood classic as it, as it did. I, as we were making the movie, I was like, okay, they're going to put this out on ABC and, Right. That's going to be that. Yeah. yeah. It's gone. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. But it ended up being, you know, one of those films that, that connected with kids who have now turned into adults who are just fanatical about it. So yeah. it's, it's beautiful. beautiful. When was the last time you watched it? Oh, um, <laughs> it's funny. I, I was hanging out with. OK, it, 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 this is going to sound bad, but I was hanging out with some friends. We were drinking one night at a friend's barbecue at their house and there were some people there, um, some relatives who flew out of town or who came from out of town. And, you know, they were really, really nice, but they were excited to see me. They were fans of my work. And uh, the gentleman, the husband of, of uh, the couple, he was like, man, man, I hope I don't embarrass you by saying this, but you know, one of my favorite movies that you've ever been a part of, man, was Summertime Switch, man. I was like, oh, great, you know, cool. I'm glad you liked the film, man. He's like, man, as a matter of fact, hold on. This is one of my favorite parts. He goes to like YouTube and, and pulls it up and, oh God. And, and, and just starts looking at it. So all of a sudden, you know, after watching a couple like scenes or excerpts that they had, they just went about finding a whole movie so that everybody could watch it. Cause it was like kids started to walk in and then it yeah. became like a, a, a family thing. Yeah. So it's like cool. at first it's, it's started off kind of awkward. It, I, right. I will not lie. Cause I was like, Oh my God. This guy's really about to put scenes off of this movie I did years ago, <laughs> but it ended up being a beautiful moment with, you know, all these kids coming into the room and just, you know, this family having a moment with me watching this film. So it was, it was dope, man. That's, That's really cool. cool. That's really yeah. cool. Now, I know you mentioned that you guys really didn't get to work together. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? Yes. This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to the European Political Systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. 
Jon Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Together too much because you were in, you know, kind of competing storylines, really. But do you remember your first impressions of each other, Ryder? If you want, do you remember your first impression of Jason? Yeah, well, like I said, it's funny because I... I, I Googled you this morning. We're exactly the same age, but yeah. in my mind, you were so much older than me. <laughs> really? I, I, yes, dude, you can't, you were so mature and so professional in a way that like, I just, I felt like I had no idea what I was doing. Um, And you just had so much more experience. I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe the music and like, you just were so tapped into like, you knew exactly who you were and what you were doing in a way that like, I just was flailing. So I just remember looking up to you and like, thinking you were the coolest person I'd ever met. Um, And yeah, I I remember good conversations, but like we didn't get to work together that much. I just, I do remember you correcting my basketball skills. Because <laughs> like our main scenes skills. were, were basketball yes. skills. As I was bricking, as I was bricking everything, as I was having a horrible shooting percentage that day. Oh no, my God. man, I, uh, man, thank you so much uh, for sharing those kind words, man. I mean, you know, the, the sentiments that you express, man, it's mutual, man. Uh, and the feeling is mutual. I, I walked onto that set with such a high level of respect, uh, you know, for everybody that was involved in that film, and especially yeah. you, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's, it's hard to carry a film, you know, even as an adult, uh, yeah. you know, there's a lot of responsibility it's placed on your shoulders. You know, the, the actual work schedule in itself is, is pretty intense. So, you know, when I saw you, um, handling it the way that you did and, and just being, um, just as genuine as you, as you were and, and still how you are now, I mean, that was the, the one thing that really, um, you know, hit home me because I'm I'm very uh, I'm a pee person, if mm-hmm. you will, and I'm very sensitive to energy. Uh, I've come to recognize that now as I've as I've gotten older. But as a kid, I was even even more hypersensitive to it. Now I just remember every time I was around you, I just felt just a genuine, real energy, mm-hmm. and, and you were always sincere and always polite. Same with you, very professional. You know, I think yeah. that's what made me kind of be on my p's and q's. It's just. No, realizing that you're working working opposite of uh of seasoned actors. We were kids, but you know, we we weren't playing around. It was it was one of those kind of situations where we all came into it just knowing what our roles were and knowing what we had to do and yeah, and everybody was coming off of a movie or a series. You know, you had like yeah. Soleil Moonfry, you had Patrick yeah. off of Sandlot. Yeah. You had like everybody right. had like a resume at that point. Yeah. That's and right. it could have gone off the rails very easily. I mean you yeah. You get that many teenagers into a hotel situation, like. It, but we, I, as far as I know, it went really smoothly. Nobody, no, nobody got arrested. No, no, nobody got arrested. There was no there real was no drama. Drug charges. There no. Was no yeah. There was, was no pretty, drama. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty cool. There were no ego trips. Um, no, no. You know the rare, the rare occasions I think where we were all able to kind of hang out once we wrapped from set. You know, depending upon if we had an early call time the next day. 
you know, I even remember those times. It just be, it was just us as kids, just mm-hmm. having fun and, and being yeah. in the moment. And, you know, I've, I've really been blessed uh, throughout my life to have so many experiences like that um, throughout my, the course of my career. But summertime switch was definitely a highlight. Most, most, most definitely. Okay. So they, w- at what point did you get involved in the project? Because it seems they clearly created, uh, they either changed the character to be for you or it was mm-hmm. written specifically for you because it takes advantage of all of your talents. No, you know, it's so crazy. It, it cause it's just that whole ABC, you know, family thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, I was, I think when I, um, when I came onto summertime switch, I just finished working on a show called Thea that was on ABC now, mind you, we only did one season. We weren't as successful as you guys, where we mm. just, you know, we were just went season for season. But um, I, from what I remember, I made a really good impression with the executives yeah. at ABC yeah. um, because they knew that, um, you know, I was going to come and do my job. And uh, and on top of that, the I was kind of riding that wave of the, uh, you know, teenage the heartthrob thing. Yeah. The, yep childhood crush thing you know, the heartthrob thing you know i was in the write on <laughs> magazines and the word up so there was a there was an audience i think yeah. as well the demographic that i think they were trying to yeah. bring yep. to the film yep. uh which i was you know able to i guess bring yeah. and uh and it all worked out and so when i when i found out about it it was like right after the cancellation i believe of our show and i went back to chicago and then I got a call, you know, from my agent letting me know that there was this, you know, offer to come and, and be a part of this film. And so I jumped at the opportunity because I, you know, I wanted to continue to work. And um, and once I found out all the other talent that was attached to it, I was like, man, this, this is a once in a lifetime thing. Yeah. You know, what, what, what are the chances you get to work with you yeah. and, you know, with Patrick and Salemu Fry and all these people, Richard yeah, Ball. So, you know, it was dope. I wonder if anybody auditioned for the movie or if they just completely yeah, pieced together the ensemble based on too, resumes. Right? Yeah, uh, that was what they did. Too. And I wonder, like, because Isaac Litsky was coming off of Saved by the mm, Bell, the new class. That's yes. what they did. Um, ABC loved to build like, like that. Yeah, yeah. everybody. Right. And like Richard Mall, like, yeah. I bet you they just completely cast this thing without a single audition. Yeah. You know, like, they I'm sure they just, did. Yeah. Yeah. Had that yeah. sort of all star and, I mean, and, and, and rightfully so. I mean, because again, everybody came to set. You know, there was there was little oh, amount of risk, I think, from a, a production mm-hmm. side or from a producer side, a network yeah. executive side. You know, they knew what they were, they knew what they were getting. This is, yeah, it's, that's what they do is, and you know, even NBC back in the day, we talked about this, you know, in the eighties, they would take all their talent that they, you know, all the young talent of the day and they would make a movie of the week essentially is what they would do. And ABC, what they, what you would find for a lot of these things were, these were scripts that somebody tried to sell as a feature and somebody then didn't want to put a whole bunch of money into it or they didn't think it could it could really open in theaters everywhere. So they go, well, wait a minute. This is a great idea. We'll take all of our young talent and we'll do it cheaper mm-hmm. and we'll do it as a movie <laughs> of the week. And they would that's what they do. They right. just started pumping. So that started really big in the 70s and the 80s. And this was what, 95? 94, you guys are doing? I think. 94, yeah. 94, yeah. 94 so, 95, yeah. It's just starting to wane at this point where they're like, oh, well, this still costs a lot of money. And we, you know, so it, by like 97, they were kind of gone. But this mm-hmm. was a staple of TV for 20, 25 years. Let's take our talent. Let's take some money. Let's throw some money at it. And yeah. let's do a movie of the week. So this is like, you guys are right. You might be one of the last of exactly what you're saying, where it's like, we're going to offer to all of our talent. Let's get this person. Let's get that person. Let's get this person. And just throw them all together and do a fun hijinks kind of romp. So yeah, yeah that's television royalty that's that was around forever 
Yeah. And, and those were those are fun days, too. I mean, because, you know, there was there is a, a structure there where you could you could be funneled into the next thing, if you will. You know what I yeah. mean? Based yeah. upon the, the kind of working relationship that you have with that network or with that production company. There were so many different opportunities that you could kind of just easily transition to, you know, like that. So, no, I, I think we were the the last of the Mohicans, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. when it uh, when it came to that, um, you know, those those family movies of the weeks and, you know, the collective cast coming together and and, uh, and tapping into that particular demographic that they were targeting. Yeah. Yeah. You had a lot of scenes, Jason, with Richard Mull in the camp kitchen. He has a little bit of like a little of a it's kind of a ridiculous accent we were discussing <laughs> with so like yeah. a Creole accent. What do you remember about working with him? You know what? It was funny because I was so starstruck with working with him. It, it, mm. To be honest with you, it was all a blur because I was yeah. a big Night Court fan. Oh, so, me so, too. Me too. Yep. So, you know, when I when I found out I was doing scenes with him, I think I was just so focused on making sure that I didn't mess up, mm. uh, you know, because I knew this guy was like, you know, veteran actor, been working since the 80s, probably longer than that. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm a, I'm a kid in a professional adult setting. So I'm just right. sitting there like, you know, let me just make sure I just bang out these scenes. And, you know, I don't want to hold the director up. I, I think that was another thing I was so kind of aware of in the back of my mind is I didn't want a lot of time being taken shooting my stuff um, because I knew that I was, you know, being given an opportunity and I didn't want to be known as one of those actors that took like multiple takes, you know, to get it right. So I was all about at that time being like, Okay, let me just be on point. Okay, take this direction, keep it moving. And so, you know, oh my Richard, God, dude, I, that I, is, you know what's funny about that? That is so not what comes across. I know. You really no. come across oh, no. so comfortable and relaxed in a way that, like, I am clearly not. Like, yeah, we just rewatched it. You are so good in this movie. It, it like, Thank it you, blew man. my mind. I was watching, I was like, oh my God, he's got like real scenes. Yeah. <laughs> like, the second half of the movie is like a real emotional arc for you, and it's good it's like honest in a way that's like relaxed and it does not feel like you are having any pressure it feels like you're just totally and then of course you get up and you like sing and dance and do a whole number there too it's like oh oh jason was in like a real movie i was (laughs) i don't know what i was doing garbage getting dumped on me but you were like acting and like present it's awesome dude it does not come across like you're uptight or scared at all it's great you're so good. No, there was always something. I really appreciate you saying that because there was always something that was kind of thrown um, on the plate at the last minute. Like that scene of performing. Yeah. When I performed the song. Um, I think they had just found out that I uh, signed a deal with Motown Records. Ooh. And I think, um, yeah. And, and I've been, a, I think I had done The Lion King already. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah so Definitely. so they were, they were aware of that. And they were like, oh man, it'd be just great if you could just have a song in there. So I, I remember we co- recorded that at the last minute. Oh so God. even with that, it was, it was a lot. I was like, Oh my God, I got to play basketball. I got to act. And, and I got to sing and yes. dance. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Dude, they put it, it all it, on it you, man. Cool. It's incredible. Yeah. 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 But it was, it was fun. We, we had a good time and you know, to, to go back to what, what Will was saying too, I think they, they knew too, that um, it was going to be successful because we were, Essentially, what we did was a kid's version of like trading places. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like totally. that's, that's pretty yep. much what it was. So, you know, I think uh, the natural feel, if people saw that, you know, as, as, as viewers, um, I, and I've never told anybody this, but I 
played a lot of that from like Eddie's Trading Places because I mm. saw that film. And I remember when I read the script, I was like, oh, man, this is, this is Eddie. So, like, just, just do Eddie. I mean, just do, kind of do Eddie. Don't yeah, do Eddie. Yeah, you know, do, yeah. kind of do Eddie. So, it, 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 it worked out. It, and, and people loved it, man. I'm, yeah. I'm just so, so honored uh, and so blessed that I What I was that it like to be signed to Motown so yeah, young? Insane. Incredible. Um, I signed to them right after I worked on the Jacksons um, miniseries, The Jacksons and American Dream where I play Michael Jackson and um, you know, it was kind of just a natural, a natural thing that took place. Uh, the CEO of Motown at that time, uh, God rest his soul, Mr. Gerald Busby uh, was always present on set as we were shooting uh, that mini series, because all of the music that we were doing, uh, you know, was Motown, yeah. you know, Motown owned. So they really wanted to make sure that the, the music in the catalog was being represented properly. So, um, you know, just after, I guess, months of establishing a rapport with one another and him seeing me kind of display my talent day in and day out on set with singing and all of that, uh, I just got this this offer to, to record with them. I recorded um, one album with Motown. It was called Love Ambition. It, at that time, it was not commercially successful. It wasn't like one of those albums or R&B albums that came out in the 90s that, you know, just kind of blew up and went out of control. Um, but the the single, which was the title for the album as well, Love Ambition, especially in my hometown of Chicago, became kind of like a classic hit. And what, what we at home called a, a Steppers classic hit. Uh, and stepping is something, it's like it's couples dancing in Chicago, very elegant, very refined, very soulful. So my song has lived uh, like for 30 years in that space. In, in the stepper set, strictly in Chicago. That's so cool. <laughs> and, and now it's like making this, re, you know, resurging or what have you and making people kind of go back and look at my career with Motown. And so it's, it's just really interesting right now. I think just I think for all of us that, you know, we have these um, these people who have admired our work for so long and a fan base has admired our work for so long. To where now we can we can look back and yeah. and be you know I know we were proud at the time of what we did but you know even now as adults and understanding uh, fully the moments that we were in to be able to look back in retrospect and and to share those moments with fans and and you know to laugh about them and and to, and to cheer about them and even at times to cry about those moments together. It's just <laughs> awesome. So that my experience with Motown is that as well. Writer said he remembered that you had so many great Michael Jackson stories from, I mean, working with him to play him must have been absolutely surreal. Oh, it was. It was. That was, that was another, you know, situation where it was a lot of pressure. That was another ABC uh, show. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So that was another yeah. thing I did with them. And, uh, Man, I just remember, you know, there was just so much. Um, there were so many eyeballs on just even when we were just in production and doing principal photography, you know, because at that time, Michael Jackson and the Jackson family, it was just pandemonium. You know, he's like the biggest star in the world at that time. And so that pressure, um, you know, for the fan base alone and wanting to know who's playing him and if they were going to do justice to the role. And, you know, and even though you're a kid, you know, these, these people don't care. All they know yeah. is, is Michael Jackson and they just want him to be portrayed the right way or the way they think he should. Yeah. Uh, so um, it was it was it was a lot, but it was a lot of rehearsal, a lot of preparation, a lot of support from people in production. 
a lot of support from my mother, a lot of support from the other parents who had kids that were working on uh, on the show, um, a lot of support from the Jackson family, from Michael mm-hmm. himself. Yeah. So that took a little bit of the, the pressure off and a little bit of the strain. Maybe a little able. bit, but geez. I mean, <laughs> I I mean he's, arguably, he's arguably one of the most famous human beings in the history of the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah. Probably number one. Yeah, probably yeah. Number one. I mean, up yeah. there, with, like literally. So it's yeah. one of those things where it's like, oh, but how old right. were you when you were playing him? I was, what, 12, 13? Oh, okay. So, yeah, no pressure. There you go. Yeah, you're, right. you're playing <laughs> right. my. And now, wait, you said that they signed you because of this. So. Were you actually singing all the songs? It wasn't. Li- it wasn't like lip syncing. You were. You were singing all the songs. No, I was actually singing the material. The um, now the, the Motown. The Motown stuff was actually the original recordings that Michael did. Right. The pre Motown stuff, prior to them getting um, signed to Motown when they performed at the Apollo, the Regal Theater, what have you, their their Motown audition. I sang all that stuff. Wow. And the only time that I sang. Uh, a Motown uh, song was it was Who's Loving You um, and I had to sing that live that day because um, the pre-recorded track or the track that they had they couldn't get clearance from um, the Motown music publishing company at that time so the day that we were shooting I actually had to sing it <laughs> and so I'm singing it live and it was that day that I got the um the role for the Lion King, because unbeknownst to me, Elton John had come through the set that day. Oh, just my like gosh. visiting. Jeez. And, and just so happened to see Whoa. me performing. He I th- he was only there for a brief minute, I believe. But um he showed up as I was performing. I didn't even get a chance to to see him or meet him. And when we wrapped from set that day, my mom came up to me and was like, yo man, guess who I just had a brief conversation with? And he, you know, he complimented you on your performance. I was like, who? He's like, Elton John. I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Because, you know, at that time, all I'm listening to is, you know, Belle Biv DeVoe, yeah. new editions. Like, you know, I, I really don't When you're know a kid, you just much. don't know. Yeah, yeah, you you still know. You're playing Michael Jackson. Elton John, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like, okay, cool. So, you know, she tells me that he wants me to audition oh. for this um, this new animated um, movie that he's doing with Disney called The Lion King. Oh you know, he explained that him and Tim Rice put this thing together and he think I would be good for it if I auditioned. So yeah. I did. And that's and that's how that whole thing came about, man. Like, unbelievable. Again, it's, it's just just blessings, man. Like you guys know. I mean, yeah. we, you know, we've we've had some kind very of. not to that. I mean, it's <laughs> no, you guys, you guys were on a hit show for real, for real. You guys were the were the crew that we were all looking at as kids who were on sitcoms and hoping we could get a gig like that. Like uh-huh. you guys, because yeah, it's on ongoing. TV. That was what was yeah. nice about our yeah. job. It's like oh, it doesn't Consistent. end, and you can start planning around it. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, when you do the yeah. Lion King, that's like one day or two days in the studio, and then you're done. The job is and over. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. But you guys are coming to work every day, hanging with each other. That that was something yeah. that you know I always admired about you all. Show on top of the fact that it was a really good show. Thank you, man. I just want to ask you one more question about did you? I, you said that Michael was really supportive of you. Did he have any advice for you on how best to play him? Like what was Michael's advice to you? Um, the only advice that I ever received um, from Michael regarding the role, because mind you, when we were shooting it, um, he was actually overseas in Europe doing the dangerous tour. Okay. Um, okay. 
So he really wasn't like present like that on the set, but he would see like the dailies mm -hmm. and, um, you know, he would send notes if he had any, which were very rare. And I think the one thing that he told uh, Michael Peters, God rest his soul as well, who was our choreographer at the time. Michael Peters also choreographed um, Thriller and Beat It from Michael. Mm. He was like Jeez, Michael's choreographer. So um, Michael Peters had come up to me one day in rehearsal and had just told me, he said, you know, Michael's been looking at the dailies. He's very, very pleased. Um, you know, he said, you can stick the turn a little bit harder if you want to, like the famous spin yeah. that he would do. And he actually gave me um, a note to, to do it successfully, which I, which I didn't know at the time. And it's kind of something that all dancers know, but it's about keeping your eyes like when you do a spin or you're doing multiple spins, keeping your eyes on that one point. Yeah, one thing. So, yeah. So he was like, you know, Michael's advice for that is just, you know, do that. And um, it just relax a little bit and just have fun. And he knows it's, you know, really a, um, a pressure kind of situation, but, you know, just have fun. And that was all I needed, you know, to know that he was watching to know that he was pleased with the work that was being done so far at that time. Yeah. Um, that was reassuring for me. And that allowed me to kind of relax and go into the role more. And uh, yeah, it, it worked. Thank, thank God. Like uh, no, none of his fans, uh, you know, ended up being disappointed with my performance. I've, you know, to be honest, I've, unless there are a few people out there that I don't know of, but uh, most of his fans uh, felt that I, I did justice uh, to his, nice. to that role, to his legacy. And uh, so I'm, I'm very happy about amazing. that. What an incredible Dude. feat. I mean, well, what, one of the things you were saying, which is so interesting, is when that nobody knew Summertime Switch was going to have any staying power. But that's the thing is when you, especially when you're a young actor, you never know what's going to work, what's not. You think you're going to a job. You have fun doing the job. You're really uh, enjoying it. I, you hope people I think like when it. You're doing, when you're doing The Lion King, you kind of know it's going to really? be. Really? I deal. don't know. I, again, you don't know. Really, you man? don't know. No, but that was like the golden age of, of Disney film. I mean, like, no, yeah, you hope, really? but you, you never know. Uh, no, you you never, I mean, you guys know this, man. You, you never know. Even when the, the thing looks like as you're making it, it looks like it's set up to be a hit. You don't know until the people see it, until right. it makes a connection. We can all try to make our professional predictions as far yeah. as where or forecast where something is going to go. But you never know until it gets out there. I just knew that it was Disney and I knew that it was following in the same line or legacy as Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast. And, yeah. you know, so I knew they were going to pump a lot of money into it. Right. I just didn't know that it was going to be as successful as it was. Because, I mean, that. I just can't wait to be king to this day. I, I went to Disney um, a few years ago and I, I was at the Animal Kingdom Resort and that's all that was pumping through yeah. the hallway. Yeah. And it was just, it was incredible. I, to this day, I'm just, I'm blown away and again. And I, I know I'm probably sounding like a preacher on you guys' podcast, but I'm so thankful to God. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. this, mm -hmm. this journey so far has just been just extraordinary, man. I've really been able to walk into some blessings that, you know, normal kids from, from where I'm from, you know, from the south side of Chicago. And, man, not not many of us get opportunities like this, man. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm I'm just so happy and, and so grateful uh, that I had all that. I went through a period like three years ago. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, probably about three or four years ago, uh, I got such major dad points because my son was six years old, five or six, Mm -hmm. and obsessed with Lion King. And I was able to be like, yeah, I worked with that guy. (laughs) And then I got so sick of your son. (laughs) (laughs) Indy... I, I I can't wait to be king was like five times a day. And I, I like to this, I'm, awesome. I'm over it, man. I love you. I can't <laughs> listen to it anymore. I finally had to tell him like, hey, stop. Like, we cannot. That was his obsessive favorite song. And I was just like, dude, you have to stop. So well, uh, maybe it'll come back. But man, there's a ban on it in my house. But for, cause, like, hey, for a while. Good. I, I get it. I get it. You're oh not my the God. first parent I've heard that from. Every few <laughs> years, you go viral, actually, for a story about your Lion King residuals, where your mom advised you to reject a $2 million buyout from Disney in 1994 mm. and instead yeah. negotiate a royalties deal. So, so the smart. good news is this was a genius move and it has paid <laughs> yes. for itself over and over again. But how insanely hard was it to trust your mom back then when she was, you know, $2 million in 1994 is very hard for anyone to turn down. Yeah. Oh, oh absolutely. I'm, well, you know, I, I, I will say this. It, my mother, um, has had had experience working in the in the record industry. My mother's name uh, is Marilyn Haywood, uh, professionally known as Kitty Haywood. Mm. Um, my mother um, experienced, you know, a great deal of success as a uh, uh, solo artist 
and also in a group with my aunts called Kitty in the Haywoods. They work with Curtis Mayfield. They work with Aretha Franklin back in the day on the Sparkle soundtrack. Wow. Uh, as a matter of fact, my mother and my aunts are on the original Giving Him Something He Can Feel with Aretha Franklin. Those are those that's my mom and my aunts on in the background. Oh that's my nice. gosh. Yeah. So, so awesome. my, my family has a um has a history, a rich history in music. My big up my cousins. Uh two of my cousins are multi Grammy award winning producers. My cousin Tricky Stewart uh produced single ladies for Beyonce and uh Break My Soul for her and uh, oh, wow. Umbrella for Rihanna. My cousin Ku Carell. <laughs> works with Rihanna uh, as her vocal producer. He works with Cher, just a, a number of people. So that's, that's my family family's business. business. Yeah. I was the only actor, you know what I mean? In, <laughs> in my family at the time. And so when that situation came about um, with the Lion King and, and when they presented the initial offer, you know, as you guys know, uh, with negotiating your own deals, the initial offer comes through, you counter, and then you negotiate, you know, from there. Uh, but my mother, just off a of first glance, when the initial offer came through for just a straight buyout of that, you know, I, I think just the lights went off in her mind. And she was like, OK, well, if they're willing to buy you out for that amount of money. Right. I can only imagine, you know, on a residual basis, what you could possibly generate over time. And so she was like, look, I know this kind of sounds, you know, a little bit of a, of a stretch. And, you know, I know this is a huge opportunity for you, but. You know, let, let's try this. Let's let's make this chess move real quick. And, you know, all they can do is, is say is no. Right. And I was like, well, you know, and I'm 12, 13 at the time, although I understand to some degree what two million dollars is. I'm not really don't know. All I want right. to do is go to the ballpark and go get McDonald's afterwards. You, yeah. you know I me? Mean? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it was like all of us at that time, just, you know, trusting our parents to to move on our behalf in the right way. And so she did. And it just continued to be the gift that just keeps on giving. I'm, I'm so, so grateful uh, that she had uh, the foresight to be able to just be able to see, you know, to see that and to understand um, the importance of setting her son, you know, upright. And, you know, now that's why whenever she calls and she needs anything, she, she got it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. I think the message go. is always listen to your mom. Yeah. Well, you know, just listen to your mom. When your mom's a pro, you know, yeah. like you were yeah. so fortunate that she had that experience because yeah. yeah, I mean, music industry is brutal, man. Like if you've been through that, like you come out with those scars, like you protect your kid. <laughs> like that's awesome. Oh, yeah. 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 And she, and she knew that. And you know, I, like all of us uh, at that time with being in the, in the business, um, you know, there has to be somebody there to protect you and, mm -hmm. and looking out for your best interest because, you know, all these companies are looking at at the end of the day, as they should, they're just looking at their bottom line. They're trying to get the most bang for their book. So they're not really concerned about ultimately how it's going to affect you in the long run, whether it's successful or not successful. You know, that's your job to make sure that you're protected. So, you know, I was just glad and, and fortunate to have my mom there uh, who knew the business and Mm -hmm. You know, and even now, um, if there are uh, certain parts of, of my career where uh, I may be confused and I, I really need some real advice, man, I always, you know, I reach out to my mom because she, she really is smart like that. She's pretty brilliant as a businesswoman. So cool. Awesome. I have two more career things I want to talk about from your history before we get into sure. your current career, which is 
you have so many great things to talk about, but we have a ton of smart guy fans. And so <laughs> I want to talk to you about when in 1997 you landed the role alongside Taj, Ma- uh, Taj Maori. Mm-hmm. What do you remember from that audition? Oh, I just remember having a, uh, especially the screen test audition. I just remember having a great time with um, the creator of the show, Danny Kalis. Uh, Danny also created, um, uh, what's the show with the twins? Zach and, sister, Zach and sister. Cody. Oh, Zach yeah. and Cody. No, Zach I thought and he... Cody. Yes. Okay. Sweet Life. Zach and... Yes. Sweet Life and Zach and Cody. Yep. Because he, he did that um, after Smart Guys. But Danny was so... Um, he was such a pleasure to work with because, you know, we were a Disney show and, you know, they wanted to kind of keep it cookie cutter. I mean, it's the same basic four camera, you know, sitcom format. And as we all know, you know, they there's a formula to that mm-hmm. uh, and they want it. They want the jokes to play a certain kind of way. They want the kids to look a certain kind of way. They want the sets, the wardrobe, everything to be a certain kind of way. And um you know, me naturally as just a kid, especially who was so fully immersed at that time in, in like the culture of hip hop um, and and being a part of that whole movement. There was so much of that that I wanted to inject and, and bring into the role and into the show. And uh, at first, Disney was a little bit reluctant because, you know, at that time, all they knew about hip hop was like what they were hearing about Biggie and Tupac. Right. There was not a lot of negative. There was not a lot of positive um, right. energy surrounding right. hip hop or, or the culture of it at that time. Right. But it was something that I really felt strongly about because I was like, "Yo, you know, just keeping it keeping it up stack with you guys." I was like, "Yo, if I'm if I'm gonna be on TV and if I'm gonna be representing kids." that look like me and that come from the neighborhood, like it's gotta be authentic. It's gotta mm-hmm. be real. They gotta be able to see themselves in his character. They gotta be able to relate to him. And I'm not going to be presenting something that's not real. You know, if, we, if, we, if we're going to do this, let's be real about it. And Danny was so gracious and so, um, so understanding and so patient with that. And I just remember anytime I had questions, anytime I had concerns, you know, if there was a subtle change, of course, I'm not going to rewrite the script, but if there's a joke or something that I wanted to try out, I was always given that freedom. You know, me and Omar Gooding in particular, we were always given that freedom to try different things. And I just really appreciate that because I, I know that took a certain level of trust in some young kids that they didn't have to, you know, really do that with. But that was one of the the things that I remember the most about working on Smart Guy was just like, the, the support that we got from the executives and from the producers to kind of stretch out and, and try different things and, and test our range. And then, of course, you know, working with the cast, working with Taj, uh, working with JJ, working with Essence Atkins. Uh, man, they were fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. these are people that I, you know, I still keep in contact with to this day who I absolutely love. Well, I have uh, a so, I have a headshot from Taj where he says I'm his best friend. Did Taj <laughs> talk about me? Is am I still Taj's uh, best friend? Oh. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure you are. Thank you. Sure Thank you. You're not. He's very sincere. It's he's nice that sincere. you're. Yes, it's very nice, Jason, that you're you're being this <laughs> this sweet to Daniel. You know, you're you're not Taj's Taj best friend. You guys remember Taj perform, performing Rock and Robin at like every yes. party? Yeah. Yes. There was like yeah. a period, there was a period where he was, I guess he was under contract with ABC or something. Yeah. So at okay. every ABC Disney. event, Disney, Taj yeah. would show up and he would 
perform Rock and Robin. Yes. He was amazing because he was so only good. like really? eleven. He was younger yeah. than us, and he was yeah. just okay. so talented. And I remember, but it was like there, for, there was a period where for a couple of years, every party we went to was like, "Oh, there's Tosh. He's going to do Rock and Robin." <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's a perfect example it. of what Disney does, though, because yeah. Disney put him in that, and then right after he and I did Kim Possible together for four years, so mm-hmm. it was just like plugging people in. Let's plug let, who we got here, who we got yeah. here, who we got here. Let's plug them in. Let's make a thing. I mean, it's like the old no, contract days well. in the studio. Yes, you know, exactly. Like, yeah, in some Disney. ways, I kind of yes. yearn for that. Like, I think. Oh, that I love that. Cool. I love it. Yeah, it's the best. It was the best when it was like, okay, you're now. It, I mean, when we were on team. working for Disney, you were part of that team, and it's like, That's right. anytime they needed you to host something, they you know bring right. you down to host something. Big parties for this, big parties for that. You're gonna That's be on right. this show. You're gonna be on that movie. It was great. It was a ton yeah. of fun. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it, it, you know we'll we'll see moving forward because I know we're all trying to figure out, um, you know what the what the new business model is going to be moving <laughs> yeah. forward. You know yeah. after this strike. Um, you know, but maybe maybe something will will eventually uh, reform like that because they, you know you're getting met. We're getting met with so much resistance, if you will, from like mm-hmm. you know the, the the major studio. Well, not even major studios, but more like the digital streaming the streamers. platforms. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I so I, I don't think- know how they maintain an identity. Like back in the day, like you knew who Disney was, you knew who ABC was right. based on a set of shows. Like now. Right. Netflix like do people know like because Netflix is different for based on your algorithm like which one you know whoever's watching gets their version of Netflix so this whole notion of like or even now Max like I don't even know what HBO means anymore it's just kind of another one of the streamers so it yeah, means fourteen dollars like, a month. That's right. what it means. That's but the right. idea of like, what if what if a network or a streamer were to contract contractually like absorb a set of talent? Like, oh, we are these these like twenty actors are only associated with Netflix or these twenty. That would be one way to sort of brand themselves and to have like a repertoire of actors, you know, at their yeah. disposal. Or like you were saying, will to bring back like a summertime switch. Like let's take the stars from all of our shows and make one yeah. big movie with them together to sort of brand as a network or as a streamer. Well, hopefully yeah. they'll do that with all the new AI actors. They'll just be able to plug in the AI <laughs> actors to whatever they want. And all these computer generated programs will be in all these wonderful yeah. films. <laughs> all these Yikes. wonderful things. It'll be us. It, they'll be able to make us from 1994. Exactly. Switch just, didn't you just see exactly the same. Season eight of Boy Meets World starts next week. Didn't you see? We all look great. <laughs> We're not making anything, but I can't wait to see the episode. Oh it's going to be God. awesome. Oh Yikes. God. Okay. So I, it's crazy. I want to talk Chingy with you. How okay. did your song with him come together? What? Wait, what? Uh, what just happened? One call question. away. He, Jason yeah. sings the Charlie hook. Puth? No, 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 Jason sings no, the hook on no a will. chingy song called One Call Away. And it is yeah. phenomenal. How dare you, Will? Thank you, Chingy is a person. I appreciate it. Correct. Yeah. Okay. It, I don't it, know. So Will, I, you, you don't listen to hip hop. No, I no, no. I li- I do listen to. I listen to awesome music, incredible hip hop. But after okay. 1987, 88, everything stops <laughs> okay. music wise for me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like, like when hip hop started. I know. Yeah, I'm you know, like year one you of hip hop. at the down. beginning. DJ you know. Rob Bass. It takes two. I'm all all oh. day long. Original <laughs> NWA. Like I listen to original NWA all the time. Straight out of Compton's one of the greatest albums ever so it like is. kind of after that it falls by the wayside a little bit for me yeah of with all okay, music well, 
Will, well, we we'll, forgive we're gonna, you. We're gonna fast forward. We're gonna go to the future, but yet the past here. Okay. I did a, I did a song. <laughs> I did a song with this artist by the name of Chingy. Okay. And um, he had a his first single he had out was called Right There. And he and oh. he's from St. Louis. You'll know okay. that song, guy. Will. You will yeah, know that know song if you, you have to. Yeah. No, you'll know. You'll know. Okay. But uh-huh. I right. did I did a follow-up single with him, a single called One Call Away that actually ended up being like a surprise kind of sleeper hit. Mm-hmm. That was okay. another opportunity um that I kind of walked into that I did not know it was gonna turn out like that. I um I was actually in Los Angeles. I was working, um, I, I had a small role in a film called The Lady Killers uh, that mm-hmm. the Coen brothers uh, yes. did and that Tom Hanks starred in and, and Marlon Wayans. And so I had a, a small role in that film. And the night before I was supposed to shoot, for some odd reason, I was out because usually I'll be in the bed. Like if I know I got a 7 a.m. call, I'm usually in the bed early. But for some odd reason, I, I think I had gone out to dinner or whatever. And it was during kind of like uh, award season. So everybody was out and about, right? And, you know, partying and hanging out. And I ran into a good friend of mine who used to be um, a famous radio personality down here in Atlanta with Ludacris. His name was Poon. And Poon and Luda had a show uh, years ago on Hot 97 down here. And so I've known those guys for years. And um, what ended up happening was I ran into Poon at this party. He was like, Hey man, what's up? What what are you doing tonight? I was like, oh nothing. I'm probably gonna go back to my hotel. I gotta work tomorrow. He's like, well, come to the studio. I want you to meet this kid that we have coming out on our label on Disturbing the Peace. I just want you to meet him and you know listen to some of the album. So sure enough, you know, went to the studio. I met Chingy as we were you know kind of there hanging and vibing. Um, Ponin said, well man, we got this song called One Call Away. We're looking for this artist you know, to sing the hook, but we can't find the right voice for it. And he, like, he was like, man, you still sing, right? I was like, yeah, but I mean, come on, man. It, the record industry is not trying to hear Jason Weaver on the hook right now. Like, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing movies and I'm on TV. Like, uh, they're not tripping. It's like, ah, just, just come in tomorrow, sing down the song a few times. You know, we'll send it to Capitol. We'll see if they like it. Sure enough, the next day, I go to work. Um, and I'll never forget it. Uh, I got a call like right when I was on set in the middle of my scene. And Poon was like, man, we got the studio time. Um, you know, do you think that you can you can make it here in the next couple of hours? I'm like, dude, I'm on set. Yeah. Working with the Cohen brothers. Like, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking Leave about? Me like, you're, you're bugging. I'm not. Have Chingy call the Cohen brothers. Yeah. yeah I'm like, I'm <laughs> Tom Hanks is standing Cohen. over there. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at Tom Hanks, you know, getting prepared in hair and makeup. Like, are you serious? Oh, my God. But as I'm as I'm having this conversation, Ethan is like next to me, like, or he's in earshot distance. So, unbeknownst to me, he's listening. We do um, a couple takes of the scene. Um, I think we were getting like the master shot or whatever. And then after lunch, we were going to start going in and getting coverage. And so as we're breaking down for lunch, Ethan was like, hey, man, um, you got like a studio session or something booked today? I was like, oh, no, Mr. Cohen, oh, man, this is some, <laughs> yeah, man, this dude is crazy. I was like, I told him I was, I'm just trying to say my job. I'm thinking at this <laughs> point, I'm like, this dude's, I'm not leaving set. I'm right here. He's like, no, well, I mean, we got an hour. He's like, and then, you know, the coverage that we're going to get, we're going to do this. 
you won't even be in it. Man, where is it? And we were shooting in Glendale that day. And the session that I had to go to was in Burbank. Wow. Yeah, so not like, far. Not far. So he's like, man, it's in Burbank. I was like, yeah, it's off of Magnolia. He's like, go and do it real quick. If you can knock it out, like go and knock it out. Oh, and that's amazing. Gosh. That's my real awesome. talk, man. And, and shout out to Ethan Cohen for that. Because he, yeah. he didn't have to do that. Like, Jeez. But he was real cool about it. And so I went. I went to Enterprise Studios. I sang the song down maybe about five or six different times on separate tracks. And then I left and went back to work. And then they comped the vocals. And then they sent it to uh, Capitol. And Capitol was like, man, we really, really like it. But we have different versions from different artists. And then they did like a focus group. Mm -hmm. And they played all the different versions for this focus group. And mine was the one that, you know, kind of came out on top. And that's how I got on that record. I got to be honest. That's a fun day. I did not expect when I asked that question that the answer to how One Call Away (laughs) with Chingy came about is actually Ethan Ethan Cohen. I was not. That's a Cohen Brothers song. It's a Cohen Brothers song. For the Cohen Brothers, it it never would have happened. I I love that story. I just couldn't love it anymore. That's awesome. By the way, uh, I will say one of my favorite bands of all time. I do listen to a little bit later music. Outcast will always be one of my favorite favorite groups okay. ever. Now those, those are ever. my guys. And Jurassic Five. So there's there's okay. uh, there's yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm so you I'm, made I'm it into there. the '90s. No, I did. I made it into the '90s. I could I could listen to I I could listen to Outcast over and over. <laughs> and frankly, I do. Same so uh, yeah, I love them. Love them. So much. <laughs> well, there you go. Jason, you are also still working on TV. You never really left. You're on The Shy, debuting a new season yeah. next month, and you'll be on Tyler Perry's Sistas for its sixth yeah. season on BET. Jeez. Has there yes. ever been a time in your life, you have been doing this for so long, you've talked about how mm-hmm. blessed you've been, has there ever been a time where you've thought, man, maybe I'll just leave this all behind and go get a quote-unquote regular job and just have a regular old life? Has there ever been a time where you've thought about that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, just just being completely transparent uh, and, and real. There was a time in 2008, 2009. Um, I was in Los Angeles. Um, me and my ex-girlfriend, we were living in Hollywood at the time um, in this little town home that we were like renting. And this was like during the, the Great Recession Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, so the economy was really, really bad. And then, you know, as far as um, you know, content in 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 certain things traditionally that I had always um been a part of, a certain films that I always been a part of, those opportunities that kind of dried up. I think just because there was there was really no money, there was really not a lot of backers yeah. that were willing to get behind films. There weren't a lot of studios that were willing to get behind certain kind of films, and so you know, the opportunities were far and in between. And I'll never forget, I was, you know, I hadn't worked for maybe six months. Uh, I'd had a horrible pilot season. I think that was like my second, second horrible pilot season where I didn't book anything. Yeah. Um, the little jobs that I, you know, was, uh, was kind of getting in. They were jobs that were kind of just keeping the bills paid and keeping your face out there. But it really wasn't like making a difference. Yeah. Um, and so I got to a point where I was, you know, I found myself at this point of transition where I was like, okay, well, maybe this is, maybe this is the point where, you know, I kind of segue or transition into something else. And, you know, and I was fine with that. Um, 
because I have made peace with myself that like, okay, well, as an actor that is, or as a performer, that if that was, if this was kind of the, the end of it, then I'll take it. But what ended up happening was um, right across the street from where I was, I was living. I was on um, Sunset and Vine and <laughs> the arc light, there was the arc light theater. And then there was like mm-hmm. this plaza shopping plaza there. And in that shopping plaza was a Le Cordon Bleu culinary school. Oh yeah. So I'm in I'm in I'm in this apartment and I'm depressed, not knowing what I'm going to do, what the future holds. I have my son out there with me. My son is like what eight or nine at the time. Um, oh, wow. His mother and I were co-parenting. She just she just so happened to be out in California as well. So we were able to co-parent and raise our child, you know, even as I was out there, you know, trying to get a job. And, um, you know, I was just having one of those moments and I'll never forget. My ex-girlfriend was like, uh, she said, well, you know, I you know, I know it's kind of tough right now. Um, but you know, keep your creative juices flowing. And, and the one thing that I know that you do love to do is to cook, which I did because I would have friends over. We would have kind of like these actor pity parties. <laughs> well, you know, we would have these, we'd have these horrible auditions, and so we would get together, you know, in the afternoon or an evening, and we just down bottles of wine, and we talk about yeah. how horrible our auditions and our lives yeah. were at that time. And so I would do all the cooking for these pity parties. And so my my ex was like, "Well, you know, you love to cook. There's a culinary school across the street. Why don't you just so you so you're doing something? You're keeping your creative juices flowing. Just." Just go over there and do the orientation. Check it out. You know, see if, if it's something you want to do. Sure enough, I woke up the next day. I went to the orientation. Fell in love with it. Enrolled mm. in culinary school. Ended up doing that for about a year and a half. I was in the same. As a matter of fact, I, I wasn't in the same exact class, but I was in the same graduating class as Khalees, the singer Khalees. Mm. Wow. Um, she, she went to the same culinary school. And so... Um, you know, I was in there for like a year and a half and that really kept me balanced and kept me sane. Cause you know, as all of us know, as, as creators and as actors and performers, when you're not in that space, um, it can be difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know, I know at least for me, that's, that's a huge part of who I am. And when I'm not able to express myself creatively and to be around other creatives and bouncing off that energy, you know, I'll, I'll feel like I'm dying. I'll feel like I'm yeah. like withering away. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So yep. what, what culinary school did for me and, and, you know, diving into that world uh, was it gave me the opportunity to form new relationships that I probably normally, you know, wouldn't have been able to. Um, mm-hmm. I learned a new skill set, um, you know, something to do professionally. And just in case yeah. I may hit another lull or a space where I still got to provide and keep a roof over my head and, you know, take care of my family. Um, that's what it did. And, and it also gave me another creative outlet to where, you know, even now when I, when I think of projects or things that I may want to do or develop, um, that's also another world that I could kind of pull into my wheelhouse because I mm-hmm. do have that experience of going to cu- culinary school and working professionally you know, in the back of the house at, at certain fine dining establishments and, you know, knowing, so knowing cool. what it is to, to work, you know, work the line. And so I did that. I did that from like 08 to 2010. Um, and it really, it, it was a, uh, it was a humbling experience for me, but it was much needed. 
because when things began to kind of pick back up work-wise and uh, the industry was providing more opportunities for performers like myself to be seen and to be heard, um, I went back into it with a, you know, a new energy uh, and, uh, and, and reconnecting with my real purpose, you know, really understanding just how truly fortunate and blessed I am you know, to be working in the industry. And so I, you know, although I've always taken it seriously and I've always been grateful coming out of that chapter of my life, uh, it, it just lit a, an even bigger fire up under me. Yeah. So That's to bring cool. it back to Summertime Switch, mm-hmm. when yeah. your character, Fast Freddy Egan, is in the uh, kitchen and Will, you pointed yeah. out, you're like, I did. I'm like, perfectly the- poaching eggs. I'm like, how to poach eggs? Where did he learn how to perfectly poach these now eggs? I'm like, he's a chef? How is he a <laughs> chef all of a sudden? You <laughs> well, were. No, we <laughs> no, no, no. Back then, no, to their credit, I'll give it, I guess it was somebody in the arts department or props. They did that. I was like, I he's perfectly like, poaching it. But eggs. it was foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah, and that's so hard to do. It's incredibly hard to do. That's what they yeah. say. It's like the, the way that you see, you show the skill of a chef is you go, poach me an egg. Poach an egg. I mean, oh, that's yeah. one of the things they do is oh, poach yeah. me an egg. So I'm like, he's he's 12 and he's perfectly poaching these eggs every day. It's like, how is that happening? No, no way. Because that, that's what I got hung up with in culinary school. Because in order to like graduate, you have to be able to prepare eggs five different ways uh, and your knife cuts have to be precise so i could get eggs every other way i can make a french omelet <laughs> like it's nobody's business but poaching an egg oh no man, i called it i, I called it like that's so yeah, hard yo, you called it, no that 2000 2008 2009 so there was always an old adage that the only two businesses in the world that were recession proof were the mafia and the entertainment industry and then mm-hmm. 2008, right. 2009 hit, and that all changed. I mean, obviously, I'm not speaking for the mafia. I have no idea. They probably did very well. But <laughs> the, the entertainment industry, I mean, it was struggling. I mean, really struggling. So, yeah. It was bad. Yeah, well, you had the strike, too. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it was all, yeah. We're kind of we're kind of in it again, guys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how people make money. Like I don't understand it anymore. Uh, or I don't know how even how the companies make money. No, it's I, so they don't either, which is why a lot of these companies aren't. They're losing money mm-hmm. hand over yeah. fist and you know, it's it's the Netflix model isn't working. Eventually, everyone has a subscription, and where do you go from there? You go? So you know, exactly. it's yeah, it's really well, crazy. Jason, we cannot thank you enough for coming oh, and spending yeah. this hour with us, reminiscing about your incredible career, most notably the phenomenon that is summertime switch you, yes I, the fans of this <laughs> the highlight movie, of our career yeah, i mean <laughs> that's right that's right absolutely i just thank you so much it was such a pleasure talking to you you are so inspiring and motivational and all those things uh so thank you for being a person we can all look up to and yeah. for spending some time with us so great to uh, see you again you. jason thank yeah. you no writer danielle will thank you guys so much this is this has been a fantastic hour that i've been able to spend with you all you know um I've admired you guys so much uh, throughout the years uh, and to be able to uh, share that with you all face to face and through via Zoom to let you know how much I've enjoyed you all's work over the years. And mm. and just uh, even now, this this chapter and this this time in our lives as adults, we're able to reconnect. Uh, this has just been a joy for me, man. This has really made my day. Awesome. And I wish you all continued success. This show is hugely popular. I'm going to continue to support it. I love it because you guys are going on tour as well. Yeah. Yeah. Are yeah. you guys coming to Atlanta? I, not, not on this first, yet, not, not, not the first yet. round. Well, do me a favor. If you guys are ever in Atlanta or Chicago, make sure you call me because I would love to come and see you guys live. Oh my gosh. Sport, yes. Because yes. this is great. 
Absolutely do that. Also, I just want to throw it out there. What about summertime switch to you guys are counselors and this time it's summy timeier. <laughs> summy timeier. As long as I don't have to play basketball, I am fine. You you do not. You do can not give me a basketball. We won't. Oh don't God. worry. We know you're not into the sports ball. I promise. Oh. <laughs> no, but I, I would definitely be open to working with with Ryder again. And any of the cast that wants to be involved, I'm down for it. As long as the fans want it, I'm here for it. All right. That's what they wanted to hear. All right. Thank you, Jason. Thanks, Jason. See you guys. Have a good afternoon. Thank you. You too. Oh, man. What an absolute joy. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jon Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Human being. Oh, you went a different way. <laughs> Just enjoy guy. infusion. My God. Yeah. God, what a pro. I mean, oh. you, know, you talk about being a triple threat. Like, you can sing, you can dance, you can act. You have insane success in all three areas by the age of 14. Yeah. I mean, that's why I felt like, you know, he was so much older is because when we, we showed up on the set, like he right. was there to work and knew what that yeah. meant. And yeah. he stole it too. He, he stole, stole the movie. He stole the movie. Yeah. And like, yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. You know, it was just like, Ooh, plug and play, show up and I'll figure out what acting means. Like he was already, and it really, you know, like having a mom like his, 
you know, because we were all protected by our parents. Like we, yeah. we've, we've all talked about sure. that on the show, but when you're protected by your parents and they have a little bit of knowledge about how the industry actually works, it can go a long way. I know for oh, yeah. me, like my parents had no clue what was going on. And we just got lucky that my first agent was Judy Savage. Again, no relation to Ben Savage. Right. Uh, and she was you know, still to this day, like one of my parents' closest friends. Like I just got so lucky because she was such a yeah. pro and protected me in a way that, you know, my parents couldn't because they didn't have the the, the knowledge. They didn't have the skill right. set, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. But he's also, I mean, in, in any career, especially when you start as a child, anything that you do, if you get one project that endures, yeah. where 30 years later, people still remember it, you have hit a home run. Yeah. He's got like five. I know. Yeah. He's got all of them. I mean, yeah. it's insane. You get when when the third thing you talk about is the Lion King, <laughs> right? It's like, are you kidding me? That was third. Of the, it's incredible, amazing, amazing. Yeah. And he's still working. He's still just playing. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. on great shows. The show. He's doing two shows right he's now. He's just a he's a lifer. You know, it's yeah. so great. Yeah, awesome. Well, Thank you, everyone, for joining us of this episode of Pod Meets World. You can follow us on Instagram, Pod Meets World Show. You can send us your emails, Pod Meets World Show at gmail.com. And we have merch. Merchandise at the Rich Kids Camp? Pod Meets World Show.com. Well, send us out. We love you all. Pod dismissed. Pod Meets World is an iHeart podcast produced and hosted by Danielle Fischel, Will Friedle, and Ryder Strong. Executive producers Jensen Karp and Amy Sugarman. Executive in charge of production, Danielle Romo. Producer and editor, Tara Sudbach. Producer, Jackie Rodriguez. Engineer and Boy Meets World superfan, Easton Allen. Our theme song is by Kyle Morton of Typhoon, and you can follow us on Instagram at Pod Meets World Show or email us at podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. When I'm on my way to drop off the kids at school and I'm on about five hours of sleep and I haven't had my coffee yet, I'm truly one of a kind. Yeah, this sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. It is. But there is one thing I can do immediately to bring some comfort and calm to the situation and keep me moving forward. Eat Keebler Sandies. I like to think that if the good-looking guy was still around, sitting on the couch, comforting himself about not getting into college, he'd ditch the Cocoa Puffs and down some Keebler Sandies instead. Mixed with chocolate syrup? Ooh, why not? When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat to keep you going. Each Keebler Sandies shortbread cookie is baked to perfection by the Keebler Elves for a light sweetness and a texture that melts in your mouth. The next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for Keebler Sandies shortbread cookies to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all in the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.